I'm Jackie Patton, the founder of Inkblot Creative, and my favourite things are finding out what makes people tick and geeking out about how we communicate. On every episode of my new podcast, I'm going to be chatting to business leaders, creatives, and everyone in between about how they stay connected to their goals, their relationships, and their sense of purpose in a world where we're always glued to our screens. I love to chat, so every week you can tune in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode and I'd love for you to be a part of this too, so why not head over to Instagram at ink underscore blot underscore creative to let me know what you think. This week I'm talking to Charlene Brown, founder of Howlett Brown, a former lawyer and a serial entrepreneur. I met Charlene on a course many years ago and I knew she'd be going on to do great things. During our conversation, we spoke about keeping connected to family, not being afraid to pursue big ambitions and how we all play a part in supporting each other, regardless of our race, our gender or our sexuality. And it goes back to that thing, just because something has always been this way doesn't mean it can't be improved. And I think a lot of times as individuals, when we're under pressure with work and when we're busy, we just accept things for the way they are. As we navigate everything that's being thrown at the world right now, supporting each other is more important than ever. So I hope this episode gives you a moment of escape. And just a note that we recorded this before the coronavirus, so you won't hear us talking about the pandemic during our chat. Next week, I'm going to be talking to Murray Norton. He's the CEO of the Jersey Chamber of Commerce, an ex-radio DJ, journalist and politician. I've known Murray for a long time and I learned so much about him and how he ended up doing what he does today during our conversation. It's a great episode. We talk about porcelain budgies, career changes and what it means to be kind. If you missed our last episode with chiropractor Tom Faulkner, go and grab it now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher or subscribe so you don't miss out. And if you like what you hear, why not leave us a review? Stay safe, stay home, and look after each other. This is Stay Connected. Weird when I can't see you, but, you know, the joy of podcasting. I can see, is it Chris? Yeah, you can see Chris. Nice shirt, Chris. (laughs) So Charlene, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks for having me. Um, and for our listeners, Charlene's joining us by Zoom today. She's based in London. So if it sounds a little bit different to our other episodes, that's why the joys of modern technology. <laughs> but um, I ask every guest at the beginning of every episode um, to talk to me about the object they've brought along that they feel most connected to. And normally I can see the object, but Charlene, you're going to have to describe it to me. So what have you brought with you today? Yeah, so I brought these, um, they're gemstones and there are, I've got a few of them and, you know, uh, stones have different healing properties or um, certain kind of spiritual connections. But these particular three that I have were given to me during my GCSEs and they were given to me to kind of keep calm and um, and help me concentrate and also keep, um, and also rebuild my energy as well. And I, I just remember, um, you know, when you go through the unknown of your exams, uh, I had those in my pocket. And every single time I started to feel anxious or stressed, I would just kind of put my hand in my pocket and then just hold on to them. So and I think I've done that for pretty much most of like my whole entire examination kind of life. But then generally really important meetings I'll just carry those with me so that's what I have um amazing who gave them to you my mum's friend um he is a um medium um quite a spiritual individual and I remember I always used to ask him maybe it's the lawyer in me always wanting to find out an answer for everything (laughs) he had an idea of what my grades would be and all this stuff and um he gave me those just to try and keep me balanced um 
you know, during times when you just, you just, you, you don't know what the outcome is. And so I've always, I just found them helpful at the time. So I don't really take them out much anymore with me, but they are always at home. And so, yes, I just, I, I brought those along with me today. Oh, that's really cool. And you mentioned while you were talking about those, the lawyer in you. So obviously you, you were a lawyer um, yep. by training, but yes. how did you get to that point? Tell me a bit about your kind of your upbringing. Yeah, sure. So I am, um, I, I grew up in Yorkshire, um, uh-huh. where um, a town called Huddersfield, uh, which I thoroughly enjoyed. All of my family kind of born and raised there. Um, and at a very young age, I decided I wanted to be a lawyer and a singer. Uh, <laughs> Good combo. I know, just, just pluck those things out of the sky. Um, I understood, thinking back, I understood why I wanted to be a singer because there were so many great singers in my family. Music was definitely something that played, you know, um, part and parcel with the day-to-day life. Mm. I, I, to this day, I can't tell you where the the choice of being a lawyer came from. It was as though it just, you know, the idea just landed in my head and that's what I wanted to do. Um, and so, yeah, so I basically made the decision that I, um, that's what I wanted to do. And, um, in true typical fashion, my parents were split on the decision. My dad told me to go to forming arts school. Um, my mum, who is in finance, told me to go to law school. And I, again, made this decision at a very young age that I wanted to go to law school, be a lawyer, earn a good living to be able to fund my music. And for the most part, that I, I stuck to that. But um, it's also what brought me to London. So I made the decision to kind of come to London where I had connections with music, but also study to be a lawyer as well. So I moved to London in, wow, 2003. I have been here ever since. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't the plan, but it's worked out that way. Um, and I pursued my career whilst I was in London and had some great opportunities along the way, yeah. Um, so you mentioned you're from Huddersfield originally. So do you do you still have family and things up there? Is that still a location that you're kind of still connected to? Yeah, everybody is still there. I'm the only one here. I've got a few family members that have moved to different locations in different countries, but on the main, every single member of my family is still in Huddersfield. And I, I had, I think one of them, I think one of the, what I cherish the most about growing up there was. Um, I lived in the, on this, um, let's call it a cul-de-sac. It's the easiest way to describe. Quite a large one. Every other door was like a relative. <laughs> so I loved, and and I'm, I come from a very big family. So I had 20, I have 24 first cousins. Wow. Um, yeah. And that's on my mum's side. My mum's one of six. Um, and um, so I literally grew up with um, most of them. They were my friends. They were the people I went to school with. So yeah, it was really nice. And so all of them are there and my siblings are there and they've also had babies who are also there. So <laughs> I go home, um, that is still home and I go there pretty often as much as I can. So you, would, obviously family's got to be a big part of your life then. It is, sure, yeah. Surely just for the size of it, there's a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, And how, true. how do you stay connected to your family then? Is there anything you specifically like to do or people that you spend a lot of time with or try to, to make time for? I think technology is always a helpful thing now. Um, you know, I grew up with dial-up, but things <laughs> like FaceTime and Facebook and Instagram. So I speak to my, I would say my immediate family often. And then um, a few other members of my family that I'm close, that I'm close with that I just 
people on a regular basis. And that will be FaceTime, phone calls, WhatsApp. And then when I go home, I try very much to, to get around to see everybody. But I mean, it's, it's, it's always um, challenging when you, you know, every time you go back to a place, you, you're limited for the number of days and getting around to everybody is always challenging. Mm. The intention's always there. And you mentioned, obviously, we, we've talked about the split in your career choice. You, were you going to be a lawyer? Were you going to be a singer? And obviously, you've ended up being a lawyer and an entrepreneur along the way as well. Do you reckon um, the girl that was trying to weigh the, the singing or the, the law up would have envisaged the career you've ended up having? Um, no. And, that, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think I've always been a very creative person and a very imaginative person about the things I want for my future. Mm. I, I think if I took myself back to just before making a decision of whether or not to move to London, I don't think I even imagined my journey and what that might look like and the, the, the opportunities that I've had. Um, I will say, even though I don't really, um, you know, music was an important part of my life up until I probably qualified as a lawyer. Um, and then, you know, real work starts and it's very different. It was, it was a challenge to manage, but at my core, I would still say I am very much a singer songwriter as well. And eventually one day I would like to find a rhythm with the things that I do that I can pick that back up. Cause it's still very much a part of me, even if I don't access it or use it every single day. That's really that's really nice, though, to hear you say that, that because often people will have a passion like that. And then when they don't maybe access it every day, they think, oh, well, then that's it now. That's gone. So yeah. it's nice to hear you say that's it's not gone. It's just just waiting for the right time. Yeah. And I and I am. Um, so when I do talks with like students or people in terms of career options and things, I, I focus a lot on transferable skills. Um, so just to help people realize that they have a lot more in their, let's call it toolbox, um, for want of a better word, than they think they do. And one of the things that I really appreciate about my music is think about a lawyer and the, how they have to draft contracts or negotiate or be strategic, etc. I think my songwriting helped me be quite creative in the way that I construct, like say a contract, mm. equally um, the other way around too. So as much as you're right, as much as I, it, it, it might be waiting in terms of its full, um, it's kind of in, in its most fullest way. I still leverage that skill set. I think quite, quite often. That's amazing, isn't it? That, you know, if you were to say to most people, what do law and songwriting have in common? People are going to go, well, they don't, do they? Yeah. They really think, what, what, what do you want? <laughs> but yeah, you're using the skills both ways that's really cool I like that I think so so that like whole out of the box thinking being able to um, find a solution and present it in a way that's important for your client I think you have to have a creative edge to be able to do that equally being able to um, you know one of the things that I had a lot of experience with um, during kind of pursuing my legal and my music career was musicians who were incredibly talented but had a very fixed way in the which that they had to work to find their um creative um kind of the flow. store yeah the flow and some of that and some of the people had rituals and because of my career I I just didn't have the opportunity or the time to do that so I also then leveraged kind of the skill set that I would get in my legal career which was an ability almost to switch on and switch off 
and focus mm. and being quite directive in my writing. So I used to write, I've probably written over 250 songs. I've probably recorded about the same. Um, and that I haven't done music in for about seven, seven years. So this is all pre that, but I wrote most of those on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. On the tube, like I had to get to work. So when do I have time? I have it on the tube. Let me write a song. And um, then off to work I go kind of thing. I guess that thing, when you're passionate about something, you make time for it, even if it is. I've got 15 minutes on the tube. I'm going to use that time to, yeah. to to stoke that fire and do something that I love because what else are you going to do while you're sat on the tube? Scroll on Facebook or something. So. Yeah, exactly. And I think when you do things that um, that are a fundamental part of you or make you you, you know, I genuinely think who needs coffee in those situations, if you drink coffee or tea, um, to feel energized about that. So I had, you know, in true typical legal fashion, I would have many late nights and many kind of challenging days where there were hours that I would work. But no matter how much of that I had, when I used to pick up my music, it would, I would always feel quite energized regardless of, um, you know, the little sleep that I had for due to, due to my work. And you obviously sounds like you've had just, just we've, we've talked about a tiny bit of your career, the law yeah. bit, because what you're doing now is even more expansive and and different things. But have you had any particular people in your life that have helped you along the way to kind of build the career that you've got now or or kind of helped show you the different directions you can go down? Yeah, I would say so. And I, and I think I've been really privileged to have some really good um, people around me during my journey, because sometimes it's just, it can be, it can be difficult to figure out what's the next step. Where do you go? Is this the right thing? Is this going to, is this going to work for you? And so much uncertainty. And I would say probably the first um, two people that definitely helped me along the way were my parents. Mm. Uh, They, they kind of, they were married very young and they had, um, me and my siblings at a young age and then went back into education and watching them build their careers having three children was I think quite I'm the eldest so I think was quite inspirational Mm -hmm. seeing you know you really put your mind to something you can make it happen regardless of responsibilities or or challenges you might think you have Mm. and then so they're 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 my main kind of inspiration and then my nana she's not with us anymore but she um i think you know there's a lot now a lot of conversations happening around gender gender diversity women speaking up and having more of a voice in their career or in, in whatever in whatever environment they're in and i think um my nana was a perfect example of a woman who had so much fire and energy who wouldn't be tamed and so I always found that quite inspirational because you are who you are and if you know what you want you should you should go for it and be vibrant in doing that and so it was always nice having a nana like that who you know was just unapologetically her and then um, I think through my career I had some incredible mentors who just helped me navigate um, things that I just was unaware of or you know relationships how to be strategic about how you advance in your career and some of these things can't be taught they have to be learned or they have to be shared with you um with someone who has experience in that as well and and so I have been grateful throughout my career even now I've got good mentors that you know help me 
and I can rely on and I can talk to as a sounding board about some of the big business decisions that I have to make that, you know, that I've never made before. So, you know, it, having that baseline and someone to talk to is always helpful, I think. I think, um, yeah, if, just always having people who can give you that kind of trusted advice is really important, isn't it? Somebody that you you trust their their wisdom in that situation and and people that you can be vulnerable with and say, God, I have no bloody clue what I'm doing here. What What do you think? I think that's one of the best gifts you can give somebody if you can be that for yeah. them. Um, I love the sound of your nana. She sounds oh, yeah. great. Um, and it, it gets me thinking about the idea of, you know, you, you have to see it to almost know you can become it, don't you? And, and by, yeah. by having that role model kind of showing you, yeah, this is possible, then it means that you're able, and it sounds like your parents are the same, you're able to think, oh, okay, they've done it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, and do you think that, you, you mentioned diversity there, do you reckon that that's a really important part of kind of women seeing other women doing things to know they're possible? Yeah, I think so. And I think that covers all different um, like facets of diversity as well. Um, it, it, like we look at ethnicity too, just as an example. I think, um, especially when you're younger, some people can't aspire to be what they want to be if they can't see it. Mm. Times, um, and, and you can imagine that actually really getting that, that kind of detail or that something to hold on to that real strong visualization of what you want. I think it's always helpful to have a role model or someone you see kind of trailblazing the direction that you want to go in. So I do think it's really important. And we've seen so much um, change where gender's concerned. I think there's a lot that needs to happen still, but there are some absolute trailblazing women, some you know forces of nature, and they are doing um, kind of, you know, take, take back 20 years, unimaginable things that can only um, pave the way for other women, younger, older, to kind of take ownership of their kind of um, what they really want, what they desire and think, no, I'm not just going to, I'm not going to, I'm just, I'm not going to not do this because you think I shouldn't, or this is what I want. And that's okay to want those things. And so I think, um, I think it's a really important thing. Um, and with, you know, we see a lot, certainly in the UK and in the US around ethnicity. Mm. I think a lot has changed, but a lot more needs to change in the same way. And again, you start to see trailblazers leading the way. And the lawyer in me, hopefully the law will eventually catch up, but it will make sure that there's a positive direction where things are equal in, in all equal sense, which certainly doesn't happen nowadays, I, I don't think. And I, yeah, as you're saying that, I'm, I'm thinking about all the amazing opportunities I've had despite being a woman. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm white, so obviously I have a lot of privilege in that I've never had to deal with ethnicity. I can't even say the word ethnicity as a barrier for me. Yeah. Um, but is there any advice you could give to our listeners about if they are? If they're in a position of privilege, so whether they're a man in a position of privilege from a gender perspective or, you know, if you're in a position of privilege from an ethnicity perspective, how can you support other people in your industry or your friends or anybody to, to kind of lift them up and help them from your position? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I think um, we could talk for hours on that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that I think one of the I think 
one of the things I have noticed in my career is um, there is sometimes a reluctance to have honest conversations about diversity and ethnicity and equality in the workplace. A lot of the time that um, reluctance isn't because um, people don't want equality to exist. It's either just a complete um, blind spot that it that there is an issue and that sometimes come from comes from privilege yeah. there is a real fear of getting it wrong and saying the wrong thing so I think that the I think probably the most important thing there is is to have this openness and transparency about engaging in a conversation about these topics um and and trying to remove the fear of getting it wrong equally the people who they talk to need to try their best to create a judgment-free environment because the worst thing that can happen is someone approach you to have a conversation like that, but then they are, you know, scolded or very, very embarrassed because they have said something wrong. Now I say that it's, if there is, if, if something is said, that's perhaps wrong, then there should be an opportunity to educate and explain and penalize or make anyone feel embarrassed. So I think, I think there needs to be a greater culture of communication and openness. So I would say that. And then I would also say, the other thing that I guess individuals can do for their network or their friends or if they're leaders in the workplace is is kind of check their decision making, really check whether decisions have been knee-jerk reactions, whether they are based on bias or a comfortability. So, you know, you're hiring somebody, you see somebody that went to your university, just, you know, don't hire them because they went to your university. <laughs> yeah. Just an example, but, you know, I know we've, we've, we're kind of touching on different topics, but I, I can see, and given my experience, I can see how easy it is to make a knee-jerk decision like that when you're under pressure, you're busy at work, and you need someone in the door quickly. You think, oh, they, go, they went to my uni, they'll be great. Um, but that perpetuates the problem. So it's kind of really trying to make sure that your processes are objective and that there is a, a kind of a challenging um, a, uh, kind of culture in place to make sure you get the right people, but your your um, the way in which you've sourced your talent is equally objective and fair. Um, and I think you'll find sometimes when people are challenged and they take that view and they really check their decision making, you find a lot of different decisions occur because it's not then just um, knee jerk or instantaneous decisions. That they're, they're thoughtful. And I know that this is you know. As you said, we're covering a lot of different topics and we've strayed away from connections in your life. But I just think it's really important to touch on these things because, as you say, you know, we, we've all got a part to play. And especially if you're running a business, part of being a leader in a business, or even if you're not running a business, if you're in a business, we've all got a part to play to make sure that we're not just taking the status quo as, yeah. as read. And we make sure that we continue to get the best people doing the best things, regardless of gender or race or sexuality or whatever it might be. Yeah, no, a- absolutely. And I think one of the, so I, um, I spent a long time trying to figure out what my uniqueness was, um, when I was on my journey in terms of my career. And I think one of the things that I boiled it down to was disruption. Uh, <laughs> I like that. It's not really a bad thing. It's disruption in its most positive sense, kind of changing, um, kind of the status quo in terms of evolving it and trying to drive it forward for a positive change. And, and it goes back to that thing, just because something has always been this way 
doesn't mean it can't be improved. And I think a lot of times as individuals, when we're under pressure with work and when we're busy, we just accept things for the way they are rather than trying to play a role in evolving it in the right direction. So I think, and and, and I, I understand sometimes that's not for everybody, but if you can at least identify something where you are comfortable in contributing to a positive change, then that that's good enough. Um, I think I think there needs to be more of that. Hi everyone, I just wanted to jump into this episode to let you know about my new course, 14 Days to Boost Your Brand. If you don't know much about me or my business, Inkblot Creative, we're a communications agency and we spend our time helping you to tell your story better. 14 Days to Boost Your Brand is a free two-week course and it's designed to give you all the tools and tactics you need to get greater clarity and awareness for your brand. It's perfect if you're just starting out or if you feel like your brand could do with a boost. If you sign up, you're going to receive a video lesson from me straight to your inbox every day. And I'm also going to be sharing downloads of my favorite frameworks to help as well. Just imagine you're going to get to see me as well as hear me. Signups are open until midnight on Tuesday, the 28th of April. So don't miss out. This one's a freebie, but I'm also going to be releasing a new course. Sell your story, how to communicate with your customers and colleagues on the 11th of May. Members are going to receive three hour-long classes and a live Q&A session with me every week for five weeks. I'm going to be teaching tactical strategies and practices for dramatically improving your comms with your customers and your team. It works out about £6.50 an hour, so I think it's really good value and it's going to be super helpful for businesses who want to learn more about selling online, managing internal communications, because a lot of us can't be with our teams right now, and keeping your customers engaged. If your business is on pause right now, this could be really helpful for you. And if you do both, I'm going to throw in the recordings and worksheets from 14 Days to Boost Your Brand to keep as well. Head to the show notes for info about signing up. I'd really love to see you there. Now let's get back to the show. I like that you've got a word that you kind of connect to there, disruption. And it it makes me laugh because if I think, again, if I think about a lawyer, I'm not thinking disruption. (laughs) So it's like really great to hear you say that because it, it obviously paints a picture of who you are outside of that bit of your expertise, which is great. Um, so obviously you're a busy lady. You've got a lot going on. Entrepreneur, businesses on the go, law career in the background, family, millions of them up in Huddersfield. Um, but what do you do to switch off? What's your, how do you take time to kind of reconnect just to yourself and, and what you're doing and just time for you? So I, I must kind of, in, in total honesty, it is a, that is a working progress for me, but something this year that has become absolutely far more important to me than it ever has been. Mm. So I do meditate. I try and have a morning routine that allows me to just feel grounded before the, the day <laughs> takes me away. Um, I journal as well. Um, just to try and get my thoughts and set my intentions and that and that really does kind of set the tone and keeps me calm I've definitely started exercising a lot more just to again just to help with that well-being and then in terms of um things other things to do like I just watch I like a box set and I like a film but I'm not one of those you know you know sometimes you can go to the cinema and watch tv with those you know, wannabe TV critics that just absolutely analyze everything. <laughs> I'm not one of those people. I basically watch a film or a TV show for for it just for what it is. I don't I don't do anything more. And I think because my brain is so 
um, focused on analyzing and being strategic in the day. I don't really want to be overthinking the TV shows that I watch. So I think I do that for a lot of um, the downtime, but it's something that I am trying to carve out more time for myself in um, because I just think that's important. Even you can have the grandest goals in the in the world and you can be one of the most ambitious people in your circle, but you it's you know, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. So mm. if you take time to restore and recharge yourself, you won't achieve um the things you want. And that's something that I have been trying to remind myself and practice um, you know, a lot more than I ever used to, I would say. I'm a lover of a crap TV show. Yeah, that is my escapism. I'm not going to name any of them because I've just said they're crap, but I am an absolute lover of really rubbish TV. Yeah. And that's so, that's definitely my guilty pleasure, so I'm with you on that one. And we've talked we talked a lot about kind of relationships that you've had in your past, your family, your mum, your dad, your nana and and kind of mentors along the way. But what about today? Have you got any kind of key connections in your life today that really help you stay focused and, and help you be the best version of you? Yeah, I've got, um, I've got great relationships with my parents in the same way. Um, and I have, um, I have some great friends that I can talk to, I think. And I think, I think that's a really important thing to have when you, are um, trying to one, if you're trying to find yourself and figure out what's important for you in your life, but or two, you're trying to design what you want for your future and there's no clear roadmap I think you know if we think back we're in school and it's very clear what we have to do to get from A to B to go through from from school to high school to college and university if that comes next for you but then when you start to think about being an adult or shaping the life that you want there is no fundamental work so I think it's always good to have people um um, kind of that have your back and get you. And uh, I think for me personally, that has been incredibly important because I am doing something that I don't many, I don't know many people um, that have taken this route. I had an incredible career at a major law firm um, and the t- I love the team dearly, but I didn't feel like I was my, I felt like my wings were clipped and mm. I only had to be a lawyer where I was an entrepreneur, I was a musician, I was an activist and an expert in culture and diversity, but I couldn't exercise any of those muscles because I was too busy. Yeah. But breaking away to build my businesses the way that I have, it's such uncharted territory and so uncertain. You need to talk to people that understand who you are and can help you kind of navigate such an, just something that you, you are draft, you are creating yourself where there is no finite picture. So I, I am very grateful that I have some people that I can talk to about those things. And I think it's like we, before we came on, on air to record, we were kind of chatting, weren't we, about like, you know, how are you, how's it going and all of that. And it, where there's big opportunity, so in those moments in your life where there's a real big opportunity, there's, it's also bloody scary. That's where all the fear lives, isn't it, around those opportunities? It is. Because you're, <laughs> you're really going out and, as you say, carving your own path. and even if people have done things similarly, you've never done them before. So it's brand new for you. And yeah, I, I completely agree. And um, you go through this process, right? It's, um, I think even though I knew I needed to leave my last place for the, for as, you know, for the reasons. Yes. Yeah. Every other day I would wake up after I'd left 
well, one, it was a big decision for me to quit. I, I still, my boss, his office at the time was right next door to mine. And I still walked around the building to get to his office, which was next door to it, even though I knew that's what I wanted to do. And then every other day after I left, um, I would be, this is exciting. This is amazing. I can't wait to see what I grow. The day after it was like, wow, I'm feeling anxious. What have yeah. I done? away from this money and you you go through that but you have to rationalize it with why you're doing it and you know for me I I I wanted a life that I could look back on and be so energized and excited about the opportunities and the adventures and I wanted to be more than the lawyer and so I stand by the reasons why I'm, I kind of took that leap and I, and I have no regrets. That's, and that's the other really important thing. Half, more often than not, if you've really thought about a decision, it's terrible and it's awful and it feels horrid until you, you activate that decision. But once you've done that, it, it, there is quite a good relief in the decisions that you've made. And it's just nice to hear other people talk about, like you just said there, some days you go, oh, this is amazing. And some days it's like, oh, shit. (laughs) It's nice to hear people say that because I think when you start on a journey, anyone that's listening that's building a business, sometimes you can feel like everyone else has got it figured out. And, you know, social media is such a a part of this. You look at what everyone else is doing. You think, God, they're all shiny, happy. It looks great for them. But nobody goes, God, I sat in my pajamas today. It took me four hours to write the copy that it should have taken me 20 minutes to write. And I felt a bit crap about it. And I have days like that. And you just kind of have to, that's a very specific example. It may or may not have happened this week. (laughs) (laughs) But you, yeah, I think it's it's good to hear people talk about it being an up and down, but the benefits overall are, are well worth it. Yeah, it's such a reality. And I think pretending that it's not and it and it doesn't exist, it only does you harm, I think. Just owning, you know, these journeys are the, the journeys different people go on are about kind of finding your true self and owning all that you are. So if you're having a bad day, just having a bad day. I one of the things that I have definitely part of the reason I said about me being more conscious about being grounded and having um time this year was because I I have burnt out a lot. Um, so much so that I it's it was coined solar flaring. I can shine so bright and be so energized. And then there's days when I've totally got nothing left in the tank. Yeah. I need to just do nothing. And um I've had that's an uncomfortable thing when you're always a go-getter and you have grand plans, but you know, it's a day and more maybe it's two days. Um just take it because you'll be able to then recharge much quicker than you would be if you forced it. And then you can get back on your, on your treadmill or your plan about what you want to achieve. So now if those days hit, I just, I just embrace them and take the day if I can. And then hopefully I'll bounce back much quicker. I like that. And I, I was just thinking, as you said that, so you're, you said about, you know, the word disruption for you. And if I think about a word for me this year, it was about thriving and that, that means thriving at business, really pushing and, and doing great things, but also doing it in a way that means all bits of your life thrive, not just one, not kind of like you say, solar flaring, <laughs> so that the other things fall by the wayside and then you have to build it again. So I yeah. like that. I like that solar flaring. I might start using that. Yeah, no, it's great. And, and it's not, um, it's by no means easy, but I don't yeah. think worth it is and I think those people who 
whether they're in their career and they're finding that it's, you know, a bit up and down or they're having these different types of emotions where they're highly energized and then they're just absolutely exhausted or they're setting up a business and emotions are high. Like it's, it's, it, it's just, and it's an important part of their journey and they are absolutely not alone. Yeah. Uh, and just being aware of that and allowing yourself to have that moment, I think is, I think it's powerful because all too often we we then start to place energy about why do I feel this way? This is wrong. I shouldn't be like this. I, I need to get moving. I've got things to do. And just allowing yourself to breathe and catch up makes a huge difference to how, how quickly you bounce back and keep going. And especially if you're building a business because you want to impact people or serve people or, you know, add value to other people, you can't pour from an empty cup, can you? So you need to make sure that you're, you're there ready when they need you, um, which is a bit more consistent. Well, I obviously, I'm, I'm assuming that you've got some big, bold goals for the future here, Charlene, knowing you, I know that there's going to be something on your radar. So fill me in, what's coming out in the next year or so? Have you got any big goals personally or for your businesses that you, that you are excited about that are making you kind of feel really energized? Yeah, for me, um, my one of the one of the main reasons why I left um, full time employment to run my businesses was because um, I I felt I was running on kind of was a compartmentalizing so many different parts of me and I wanted to try and big, bring those together mm. in a model that suited and I could help other people. Um, you know, that said, there are still I still have different businesses that cater to different a different audience and right now I have um, two main businesses. Um, one is called Howlett Brown and it's focusing on helping um, businesses, you know, really um, improve their workplace culture, reduce their risk and, and build practices which help them retain their, their talent, engage their talent and also just make sure that their revenue integrity and their inclusion can thrive. Yeah. Um, so I will, my plans for the next 12 months is to really focus on growing that business since it's going well so far, but it's just to continue to really add value where that's concerned. Um, the other business I run is Charlene Brown Consulting. Um, and that is about really helping individuals overcome self-doubt and accelerate their career or their business. And I find, you know, being a lawyer, and also one of my specialisms was an employment lawyer. I'm really help, I can really help people, you know, strategize and understand the inner workings of a, of a business or a employer, depending on which route you want to, you are going down or, or how you want to progress your, your life mm. goals or career goals. And so I, I plan on spending a lot of time developing some courses, some events and some real detailed training for for individuals because I just I just think the minute you eradicate or you reduce or you manage doubt and the way that makes you feel, you know, you're unstoppable. And I just I get I get I love nothing more than to see people who who have who feel like they've been held back or they've been defined by somebody else's opinions and watch them thrive and overcome adversity and challenge. So I really will be focusing on on that again in the next 12 months. I also, I have, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit extra. <laughs> might call me crazy, but I have 10 years worth of business ideas. And so hopefully once I get those running and I get pick up a few other things, my plan is then to, once the system is set with those, is to start um, another startup as well. Um, and it's, and again, it's all focused on disruption and it's all focused on, 
adding value to the individual or the business and just changing the way that we operate. So I can't wait, to be honest, to really get my businesses where they need to be so I can, you know, add and do other exciting things. You're Keeps a, me out of the Serial <laughs> entrepreneur, you can't help yourself. I can't help myself. And even when I talk to people who are thinking about um, setting up their own business, honestly, I just get so energized. I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> and you could do that and and I just like when when we caught back up and you told me that you'd set up your business I was like oh my god this is fantastic I just I just love it so I think we should be doing a lot more of that for sure for sure and if you can have three or four on the go then it makes me feel better about having one (laughs) (laughs) I will say you know it's it's definitely not the perfect setup that I would want right now like for me to just pretend that it's all you know, sparkly and wonderful is wrong. Like there are, there are lessons to be learned and, and I'm trying to work towards a place where I can find a rhythm where they all progress and thrive at the same time. Um, and that's, and that's not without challenge, but I'm up for the challenge and I want nothing more than to have that challenge. Um, because after all, if I've walked away from, um, a a career and a certain lifestyle to do this, I don't feel and I don't feel I should nor anyone else should sacrifice on on what they want if you've already taken the biggest leap. Oh, a hundred percent. I love that. Put that on a t-shirt. Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> so I always finish up by asking my guests to tell me about one relationship, one connection in their life that they want to invest in more in the coming year. Is there any one relationship or connection in your life that you'd really like to invest in more this year? Hmm. I think um two actually I think and it's typical of me not doing <laughs> me to do I think my first one is is um making more time to build a proper relationship in terms of a personal relationship with a partner I definitely want to focus on that because it, it does my it kind of I think I've invested so much in my work that has never as much been a priority but it is important to me um so that's the first one. Yeah. And the second one are my nieces and nephews. Like I just keep my, my families are having babies. So <laughs> I just, I just, and I, and I think as I told, told you earlier, growing up and having all of my cousins close by, it's one of my fondest moments uh, growing up. And I, I don't want to miss, even though I'm in London and they're all up there, I don't want to miss their, them growing up. So I want to be the cool auntie Charlene. So I'm, um, I want to make sure that I get up there a bit more often and I spend time with them and, you know, they remember who Auntie Charlene is and relationships with them. They're all babies now. The eldest is two. So I've got time to make good You've you've got time. And FaceTime is the best. I do that with my godson. I was so worried he'd forget who I was because he's in London. But thank God for FaceTime. They can always see you. Exactly. Well, it's yeah. been amazing talking to you. Thank you so much for, for coming along. How can we find out more about all the different things that you're doing? So I am on LinkedIn, um, Charlene Brown, and um, it will have my business Howlett Brown as a reference. I'm also on Instagram, which is at, Charlie, at I am Charlene underscore Brown. Um, hopefully you can put that in the show notes. I so will do, yeah connect with me on both and that will just give you links to my various uh businesses and um yeah hope to be chatting to some of the audience that have um that are listening today as well. oh i'm sure you will well thank you so much for joining me it's been ace to talk to you and i'm sure i'll talk to you again soon
well that's the end you can breathe a sigh of relief <laughs> oh when the, when the bloody calendar went on i was like no hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as i enjoyed making it you can tune in every week on apple Podcasts, spotify or stitcher for the next free episode and why not subscribe so you don't miss out if you like it, then don't forget to leave us a five-star review because they really do help. And head over to Instagram at ink underscore block underscore creative to carry on the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. And don't forget to stay connected. Stay connected.